Will you please turn with me to John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, we are going to focus on two verses, verse 23 and 24 of John chapter 4. Before we read those passages, please pray with me. Father, we thank you again this morning as we come to you. As we look unto your word, we pray that the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, may teach us, may remind us, may convict us, and that, Lord, through him you may accomplish what you intend to accomplish this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I think John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 is a good passage for, for us to, to start with as we continue with the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons I'm bringing our attention so much to the Holy Spirit is because in our churches today, we, even though we claim to believe about the Trinity or the triunity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in our evangelical churches, we talk so much about God and Jesus. You never hear about the Holy Spirit. And it's because some of us are afraid. We are afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit because we don't like to look like we, we know that there are other faiths that focus so much on the Holy Spirit, and that makes us afraid. If we, if we are going to focus on the Holy Spirit, we may end up being like this kind of faith or that kind of faith. But uh, if we truly believe in the triunity of God, then we cannot avoid to speak about the Holy Spirit. In fact, the reason we say that God is everywhere is because God is spirit. The reason you and I can claim today from the scriptures that Jesus is in us, he is in us in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So we cannot avoid that. So if you are one of those people that has been trying to shy away from the Holy Spirit, uh, may this change your mind. May this enable you to appreciate the Holy Spirit even more. In John chapter 4, Jesus has an encounter. I'm not going to go into the, the, the account of the Samaritan woman because we will deal with that in September as we begin the encounters with Jesus Christ. So, but in John chapter 4, when Jesus meets with this woman and they have a conversation which begins simply with the water and then it moves 
to worship, Jesus makes a statement that is foundational for anyone who wants to worship the true God. He says in John chapter 4, verse 23, Yet time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. And then in 24, he says, God is spirit. His worshipers must worship him in the spirit and in truth. God is spirit, which means he cannot be, you can't lock him in a box. He is everywhere. You don't need a specific place to worship God. You can worship him anywhere you are at any time because he is spirit. But he says that true worshipers will worship him in the spirit and in truth. There is something that has to do with the Holy Spirit, the truth, and our worship of God. There is a connection there that we want to look at. But let me bring your attention to the book of John again. Remember it says here, his worshipers must. If I were you, I would underline that word there, must. That means there is no choice. It means you, you don't have any other way. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not like you can have it your way. This is not Burger King. Must worship him in the spirit and in truth. In the book of John, the gospel of John, we have three musts. The first one is found in John chapter 3 verse 7 where Jesus says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. No choice. You can't have it your way, Nicodemus. You must be born again to inherit the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying here that a relationship with God through him, through Jesus Christ, is essential. There is no other way. True worshipers must have a relationship with Jesus. True worship begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. You must be born again. The other must is found in, in verse 14 of John chapter 3. When Jesus says the Son of Man must be lifted up 
the Son of Man must be lifted up. He's talking about his death. And he says, whosoever believes in him shall never perish. He must die to save. Again, the emphasis here is that Jesus is the only Lamb of God who died for our sins. There is no other sacrifice just as there is no other way. The other must is found in John chapter 4, verse 24, that we've just read. Worshippers, true worshippers, must worship in the spirit and in truth. If this is true, then it also means that when we worship in the spirit without the truth, we are worshiping false gods. Do you know that it is possible to worship in the spirit but not in truth? Have you had people here in America say, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual? It is possible to worship in the spirit, but it's, this is another spirit we are talking about without the truth. But also, it is possible to worship in truth without the Spirit. Have you gone to a church where people seemed to know the Scriptures so much, but you just couldn't feel the warmth that comes with fellowship, with the Spirit of God, that binding together that the Holy Spirit provides wasn't there? You sensed a lot of pride instead. They know so much. They're, they're the kind of people Jesus speaks of, like the Pharisees, when he says, you claim to know God, but you deny his power. There is a difference when you are doctrinally correct, but disconnected with the spirit of the same doctrine. Knowledge puffs up. And that's one of the reasons that uh, our brothers and neighbors who are charismatic will look at someone who claims to know the Bible and say, you don't have the spirit. Because we have missed the balance in many ways in our faith where we focus so much on the knowledge and we neglect the relationship that that knowledge is leading us to. Jesus told the Pharisees and the scribes, you search the scriptures for you think that in them you will find life, but they are they that testify of me. He was telling them if you are sincere 
in looking at the scriptures, those scriptures will lead you to me. And I can say this if we are sincere in looking at the scriptures, those scriptures will lead us to the spirit of God. When Jesus began his ministry, what did he say? The spirit of God has anointed me. He acknowledged that. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit was seen coming upon him. When he left his disciples, the 120 disciples, the apostles were 12, but there were many disciples. When he left them waiting for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon them. So the Holy Spirit plays an important part in our faith with Jesus Christ. He plays a very important part in our worship. And true worshipers must worship God in the spirit and in truth. Worshiping without the truth is worshiping false gods. Worshiping without the spirit is, is, is being a dead religion. Without the spirit, false God. Without the truth, false. When we worship without the truth, we are worshiping false gods. When we worship without the spirit, we are a dead religion. Sorry for confusing, confusing you. Let me unfold this. To worship in spirit is to allow our souls or our spirit to connect with God's spirit. See, the reason you can be a true worshiper is because God is already in you. You have the spirit of God that connects with God. There is something in you that brings you closer to God that makes you a true worshiper. When God looks at you, I have said before, he doesn't see your background. He doesn't look at you and see your history. He looks at you as a believer and he sees his own image because of the Holy Spirit in you, because of his son Jesus Christ that indwells you in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And because of that Holy Spirit in you, you can worship God. But that worship has to be in truth. And we will get to that. Worshipping God in the spirit is to allow our soul, our spirit, and the spirit in us to express our love for God and his work. It is worshipping from the heart, the center of everything about us. It is allowing our soul, the spirit in us, to focus on God 
and his work. To worship in truth is to express our love for God and his work as revealed in his word. So there is a relationship here that we have with God because of the spirit that is in us. So when we are worshiping in spirit, we are allowing our soul and his spirit in us to focus on him, to express our love for him and his work. That relationship, and then we do it in truth because we are not just focusing on the God of our imagination, but the God that has been revealed in the scripture. We are focusing on the God that has revealed himself in his truth, his word. The two have to go together. It's very important because we have people that will claim to be worshiping God in the spirit, but everything they're doing is contrary to what God has said in his word. So, are they really worshiping the true God? Because the two have to go together. His spirit does not deny his word. In fact, his word was written through his spirit. We are told that the holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was involved in writing the word of God, so he cannot go against the word of God. We worship God for his love. We worship God for his kindness. We worship God for his judgments, for his righteousness, for his forgiveness. Those are things that God does. We worship him for who he is. The other day I was having a conversation with uh, some men, and, and, and they gave me different responses. How, how do you show your wife that you love her? And one man said, I take the trash out for her. It's a way of expressing love. Another man said, I buy her flowers. Another man said, I tell her I love you every morning. Another one said, when it's winter, I make sure I sleep so close to her because she gets so cold. There are several ways that we worship our wives. We express the love that we have for them. You will be surprised for me to say this. 
the thing that you love most is the thing that you worship. We worship God when he provides for us like Job and when he takes away from us. Remember Job, after his children were killed, he said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away and he worshiped. We don't only worship God when everything is going well for us. Why? Because worship focuses on God himself and on his works. It does not only focus on what he has done or what he is doing. It also focuses on the person of God. And therefore, our worship is not influenced by happenings. It is influenced by God himself. Because we love him, we will worship him when we are going through difficulties and when we are experiencing success. And you know it is possible because of the Holy Spirit in us. So, what is worship? Is it singing? You, you will hear people say, okay, it's, it's, a, it's, it's worship time. And all they mean is it is singing time. It is music time. You will hear people calling the music director a worship leader. Uh, we talk of a, a worship service. What is worship? Worship is more than singing. Singing is one way we worship God. It's one way we express our love for God. It's one way we show that we adore God. But worship is not limited to singing. Worship is the expression of our love for God. Worship is the expression of our love for God. And you can do this so many ways. That is why even the work that you do can be a worship to God if you are approaching it from that perspective. The reason I am working hard is because of God. The reason I am loving my wife is because of God. If it all begins with God, it becomes a worship. The reason I am Loving my children, I'm raising them the way they should, is because of God. There is nothing here about uh, uh, 
putting God here and then putting family here and then putting something else here and putting... That can only happen in your mind. Everything that we do has to flow from God. Everything. It flows from God and God has to fill everything in our lives. The reason I love my wife is because God expects me to. And when I do it in obedience to God, I am worshiping God. True worshipers will worship him in the spirit and in truth. What is God telling us about our families? What is he telling us about our neighbors? When I am loving my neighbor because God has told me to that expression that I'm showing to him is a worship to God. Because in my mind, the focus is not the person, the focus is God. And I'm telling you, when we allow that truth to sink in, you will find yourself loving people that you never thought you could love in your life. You will find yourself forgiving people that you never expected to forgive. The reason you will struggle to forgive is because you are not focusing on God, you are focusing on the person. And when you focus on the person, you will continue to see reasons not to forgive them. And it's all the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Worship is the expression of our love for God. Do you know it's hard to obey because it's hard to believe, but you can't obey if you don't love. When it comes to God, he expects us to obey him because we love him, not because we are afraid of what he will do, not because we expect him to do something, but it's an expression of our love. And this is... <laughs> you know, when we talk about love, we are, it's a choice that we make, right? You make a choice to love someone. In fact, uh, they say... Uh, uh, if, if love is blind, then marriage opens your eyes. Because once you're married, now you begin to see things that you never saw before. And you have to make a choice whether you are still going to love that person or not. And it's, it's almost like it's a choice we make daily. Because almost every day there is something new that you... You, you, you learn about this person and you have to make a choice that I'm going to love this person. In our relationship with God, we continue to make that choice that I'm going to worship, I'm going to love my God, I'm going to express this love because I love him. It's a continual process. That's why we don't stop worshiping. Together, we only postpone it. It has to be continued. It is never meant to stop. 
Worship is the expression of our love for God. There are things that will stop us from worshiping God. And they have to do with the Holy Spirit. You look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Ephesians 4, 30, 30. Did I say that correctly? 30. Okay. That's it. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve. To grieve is to cause intense pain or grief. It's the kind of pain you feel when you have been betrayed, when someone has betrayed you, someone that you love. You, it grieves your heart. God is grieved when we live a lifestyle that is contrary to his word. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, it makes it impossible for us to worship God. We cannot worship God when we grieve the Holy Spirit. And so Paul is saying here, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve him when our lifestyle contradicts his word. I'll give you Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 21. If you are writing, we, we grieve him when we walk according to the flesh. I will give you Romans 8, 5 to 8. Walk according to the Spirit, and you shall not satisfy the desires of the flesh. When we, we are told that in Galatians, when we walk according to the Spirit, we are pleasing God. Because walking according to the Spirit is walking according to what God has said. Remember, the Spirit does not contradict the Word. We grieve him when our lifestyle contradicts his word, his truth. When we are living against the truth. And when we walk according to the flesh. When we are living to just fulfill our desires. The desires of the flesh are always sinful. When the Holy Spirit is grieved... Worship cannot happen. So while we may pay a lot of attention to the Father and the Son, we should know that uh, when we grieve the Holy Spirit, we cannot worship the Father, who is the focus of our worship through the Son. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Am I, am I confusing anyone? Okay. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 22. We are told, do not quench the spirit. 
do not utterly reject prophecies, but examine everything. Hold firmly to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Do not quench the spirit. To quench is to put off, to extinguish. It is to suppress. Have you had an experience where you really felt that the spirit in you was asking you to do something and you ignored him? I've had that experience. And you, you know clearly what he's leading you to do, what he's asking you to do, but for some reason you just ignore him. You know what happens when we continually ignore his voice? We end up, we will be grieving him, and then we end up quenching him. We end up suppressing him, putting off the fire. This is what happens when people come to Christ. They are on fire. They love God. They want to share the gospel. And then uh, they realize that other Christians are not as excited as them. And then they start allowing, ignoring the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then they become like others. We start with the spirit and then we end with the flesh. Just ask yourself, could it be that the reason you may not be so excited about God as you used to be is because you have been quenching the Holy Spirit? You've been ignoring his voice. We quench him when we ignore his presence and his voice. I'll give you Romans 14 and 15. Let's just read Romans 14 and 15. I think we can manage that. Romans 8, 14 and 15. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. If you continue, 16, I think it's okay. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit, it is by the Holy Spirit in us, through the Holy Spirit in us, that we are able to call God our Father. Because he testifies that we are his children. The Holy Spirit speaks, he is present. And when we ignore his presence and his voice, because he continues to speak, we quench him. 
We quench him when we disobey his promptings. This, if, if there is anything that you need to really learn about the Holy Spirit, is his prompting. We talk about God speaking to us, and he does it through his spirit. When you, you feel that prompting, the urgency to want to do something, and you know, you know that it is God. And if you have been a, a Christian at least for two years, you have experienced this. And then you, you just push it back. And then maybe you hear it again, and then you don't hear it anymore. You've quenched him. You've put him off. You, we, we are, when we do that, we are making him inactive in our lives. You wonder why your worship is, there is no connection in your worship. It's just going through the motion I, I heard someone singing on YouTube, and I am going through the motions. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, you, you're just being religious, but there is really no connection. There is really no breakthrough when you are worshiping God. You don't really feel that you have been in his presence. Go back and ask yourself, what is it that I have done to the Holy Spirit in me? Make it a prayer. Ask God to revive your spirit. Ask him to make you active and alive again. Ask him to wake you up. When the Holy Spirit is quenched, worship becomes lifeless. Worship becomes lifeless. But how can worship be lifeless if worship is the expression of our love for God? It becomes lifeless when the Holy Spirit is not involved, when he's not active, when we are not worshiping in the spirit. Now, listen to me here. This is where the chosen frozen, all frozen chosen, need to be unfrozen. Remain chosen, but be unfrozen. If we are truly worshiping God in the spirit, we will express genuine emotions. It's not about the feelings, but if you cannot express love without the feelings. All of you here that are, are, are married or you, you are grandmothers, you are a parent, when you are expressing love to someone that you love, you will do something, but your emotions are always involved. 
true expression of love involves our, 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 our emotions. And true worship touches our emotions as well. Sometimes we cry when we are worshiping God, when we are expressing our adoration for him. Sometimes we cry and we don't know why. Ask yourself, when you are worshiping, is your whole being involved? Are you just worshiping with your mind or with your heart also? Because if your heart is also involved, you will express genuine emotions. I'm not saying, I mean, some people overdo it. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm, what I'm saying is, regardless of who you are, you know, we are emotional beings. We are all emotional beings. We, we, we express emotions differently, but man is a physical being, he's a spiritual being, and he's an emotional being. And the fourth one is he's a psychological being as well. So there is no way you can say, I, I don't have emotions. That's, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because when you are expressing love, the person who is receiving that expression does not only receive the act, they also receive the emotions that come with it. If you don't believe me, try it. Try to express love to a person that you love without the emotions. And then share with me what happens. Just, just go, you know, tell your wife, you, you know I love you. I just, I don't care. I love you. I love you and I don't care. <laughs> uh, brothers and sisters, worship is an expression, the expression of our love for God. When we come together to worship, whether we are praying, whether we are listening to his word, whether we are working, we are loving our neighbors, our families, let us know that we are expressing our love for God. And when we allow that perspective to impact us, we, we are going to be different. We are going to be different because our perspective will be different. So I encourage you today, if you feel a disconnect, please, please, Make it your prayer request for God to revive you. Just ask God to revive the spirit in you. Because worship is the expression of our love for him. The reason we reach out to people, the reason we share the gospel, it's not because we just want to fill this building.
It's because we know that by doing that, we are pleasing God. We are doing what he has called us to do. We are expressing our love for him. Do you know, we are reaching people out so that they can worship the true God in truth and in the spirit. The reason there is a great commission is because of worship. Because God is seeking for people who will worship him in truth and in the spirit. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for your word. I thank you for everyone who is here physically and every person who is joining us online this morning. I pray, Lord, that you may reach unto us and minister to us and listen to our prayers, Father. There are some of us that are yearning for that revival, that rekindling of the fire that we have quenched for so long. So that, Lord, we may enjoy our worship. So that we may enjoy your presence in our lives. So that the Holy Spirit in us may be active again. Help us, Lord. Help us to, to listen to that voice, that prompting of the Holy Spirit. Help us to be aware of his presence in our lives so that as we live according to him, we may bring glory to you. So that, Lord, we may worship you in the spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and praise the Lord in song. This song is a new song it's for us. It's called At Your Feet by Casting Crowns. <clears throat> I'm going to sing a little bit just so you can get to know it, what it sounds like. You can join me if you know it. What we'll do is the first verse, just so you can get the idea, and then we'll do the chorus and the bridge, just so you can hear it. Here I Jesus, Jesus, at your 
chorus, and this is what the bridge sounds like. It says, because I am free. Jesus, Jesus, at your feet. 
had a misstep on the lyrics, but that's okay. I want us to to be done here so that we can go home. <laughs> I know uh, there is a is it a hurricane coming? Storm. Uh, there's a storm coming, so we, we we want everyone to feel safe. Just remember that uh, God is with us even through the storms. Father, we thank you for the offerings of your people. We thank you for their faithfulness. Lord, you have been faithful to us in many ways. And this is one way we express our love for you. Because our offering is part of our worship. We pray that you continue to bless the work of our hands. So that we may worship you even more. Because you are our God. Father, we pray that you may hear our prayers, and through them you may be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you through Christ Jesus, our Lord. May God bless you. May God make his face shine upon you. May he protect you. May he remind you that he is with you. May everyone say, Amen. Please remember to pray for our brothers and sisters that are going through difficulties. Stay safe. If anything happens to you through this storm, please let us know so that we can be of encouragement and support to you. We love you so much. We are postponing this worship service until next Sunday.